This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives, dreamers and entrepreneurs online. I'm your host, Sarah Tasker, a certified coach specialising in creative business and all things related to social media and the digital realm. This is episode number 103. Hello, wonderful humans. How are you all doing? A very happy podcast day to you. As I am putting this out, it is podcast day, so it felt like I had to release a little something today just to commemorate this very special medium that we get to share. Uh, Something a little bit different today, a little bit of an experiment on my part. I'm going to be sharing a snippet of um, one of the coaching calls that we do within the Insta Retreat. So, The calls you're going to hear are from our Friday sessions, which is our mindset coaching call, where we dig into all of the crap that comes up when we start becoming more visible, we start pursuing our dreams, we start actually really trying and putting our creativity out there and everything else that comes along with that. So the way these calls work is people submit their questions in advance and we pull people up at random on a Zoom call and we just have a chat. And there's always the most supportive community happening in the chat box at the same time. So that's kind of the Zoom comments. And these sessions are just like the most beautiful, supportive, wonderful hug. It's probably the part of the Insta Retreat I get the most wonderful feedback from people sending emails saying how much these calls have changed things for them, not just as participants, not just as the person being coached, but often as just somebody sitting and listening. And I have to say, I know what that feels like. I've joined group coaching programs previously and been far too frightened to raise my hand in front of all of those strangers. And... I think I assumed that that would mean I I would miss out on the value. But actually, when you are in something with a very focused topic, like the Insta Retreat, where we're all kind of working towards a common goal, what you find is there is so much overlap between your problems and someone else's struggles. So hearing someone else work through them, it gives you a little bit of distance, it gives you a little bit of perspective. um, And there are There is just so much growth in experiencing that. So in this episode, you are going to hear two people. Um, One is coached by myself and one is coached by my wonderful colleague, Sally Hardy, who certified at the same time as me as a life coach. So we love to pair up and do these things together. And I didn't pick these two calls for any specific reason. I actually just sent out a shout out to people who'd been coached asking who would mind if we shared some of their call publicly, where we've anonymized the people. And these were two that got back to us quite quickly. So we just decided to go ahead with that. Let me know if this is interesting or it's useful to you as well. Send me a DM or an email or however you'd like to get in touch. And let me know your thoughts on this, because this is something we could do more of on the podcast. It's a feature of the Institute that I know gets a lot of love and a lot of traction. And if you'd like to hear more of these, the Insta Retreat is in fact open for enrollment right now. So you could join, you could get coached through October and November and also access the back catalogue of all of the previous coaching calls too. If you want to find out more about all of that, go to meandorla.co.uk and click on the Insta Retreat banner. But either way, I just hope you get some value out of hearing this process unfold. 
Hi, Sarah, that's me. I knew I'd seen you in the chat box. I was hoping you were here. It looks dark where you are. What time is it? It is, it is. I'm in Utah. It's 5.33 a.m. Wow. So I know I usually just listen to the recordings of these on the podcast, but since I asked a question, I was like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be there. I'm so Um, glad that we called on you then. (laughs) I'm excited. So good to be talking to you. So do you want to talk a little bit about what your question was that you shared? Yes. So um, I am, it's been a long time coming, but I'm finally at the point in my pottery business where I am actually leaving my job um so I have been um a full-time art teacher for for kids for elementary school and um I've been doing that for the last four years and probably the last two and a half or three years I've always I've always done ceramics but I had a lot of um mindset issues and things I kind of always wanted to be an artist since I was a little kid but um it's only been like the past few years that I've really focused on my pottery as a business and it's finally gotten to the point this last year where I have just been I've been dying this year it's been so hard to teach with COVID and with um trying to maintain both my business and teaching I've just been running myself into the ground and so it just feels ready it feels I feel really ready to make that jump and I've been really excited for it I've been financially preparing for it um kind of all all this school year and some of last school year and it's really funny today is actually my very last day of school and it's been in like the last couple weeks that this fear has just really been creeping in that I haven't really, I hadn't really felt before. And um, so I just kind of wanted to take the opportunity to listen to your experience with doing kind of the same thing. And, um, and yeah, just, I don't know, just any advice or tips you had, I would love to hear it to kind of stay steady. In a way, I'm kind of at this place where I was thinking about like an analogy last night when I couldn't sleep but um of it's almost like I almost feel like a cat or something where it's like I've already taken the leap like I've I've taken the jump I can't go back but it's like I want to just be orienting myself that I don't like like you know how cats just always land on their feet it's like I want to be it's like I'm already in free fall but I want to be kind of in control of my emotions I guess is a good way to put it so so I stay solid why what's the problem with feeling afraid I think it's just well I think it brings up all of those self-doubts of like a big self-doubt of mine is this fear it's really funny because I know um I know that I'm a very I'm a very good I'm very good at being task-based like if I have tasks I'm very motivated um and in that sense like working for myself makes a lot of sense like when we had covid um when covid first happened last spring and we shut schools down and everyone had to switch to online once i kind of figured out that my my job specifically because i was an art teacher was really task-based like it was like okay i just have to make this lesson plan i have to post it and then i'm done for the day and like once i once my job switched from hourly to that i was so motivated to get it done and i was a lot more efficient and that really helped my business too to have that to kind of have that shift in my mindset so there's like this there's weird things where i, I feel like i have evidence that i can do this but just all of those old fears kind of keep creeping in 
of um, like, if I don't have a supervisor, am I going to be able to stick to my tasks? And um, if, you know, kind of also the traditional stuff of like leaving a salary, leaving um, like good benefits. And I mean, I'm not sure how it is in the UK. I know Europe's like in general is a bit better than the United States, but it's, it's like a big thing over here that it's like your job is your health care. And if you don't have a good job, you don't have good health care, which is really unfortunate. I mean, I still every month I used to get paid on the 26th and every month on the 26th. I'm like, damn, I'm not getting my pay slip. <laughs> <laughs> and I left my job like seven years ago now or something. So like yeah, so I think just exactly like just kind of getting any advice for people from people who've already kind of walked that path of that um, kind of that shift because you're right. Like, I think that is going to be a really big thing is getting used to that salary not coming in regularly and kind of adjusting. I don't know. It just feels like a really big mental shift. Well, what's really interesting is like you are blaming the fear for letting in all the self-doubt. And I think it's actually the other way around. I think you believing all these stories about yourself is the thing that's creating this sense of fear. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like what was different? You said this kind of started about three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. What was different four weeks ago and previously to now? Okay, I actually want to answer that. What was different is that I kind of was keeping it close at my schools that I was leaving about three weeks ago. And, um, and then when it kind of became common knowledge amongst all the teachers, it felt like every single conversation I had with every teacher was about me leaving. And I think that just like really started to like solidify it for me. Like, like it was just like, whoa, this is really real. This is really happening. And, um, and I also think honestly that like you, a lot of it was, it was almost like a mirror of with, there were, there's a lot of teachers who were really supportive, but I think there's just like a lot of people where you can almost kind of like see the fear in their eyes where, where they're like, oh, you're going to sell art full, like you're going to sell pottery full time. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> well, and you'll see that if you're partially believing it yourself mm -hmm. yeah and I definitely yeah no and that's absolutely like I said that and so I think that is what it is in a way it kind of it kind of slides me back a little bit each time because it is something that I feel like I've been working a lot to overcome and I do feel like I've done a lot of really good like I'm really proud of my like mindset work on that but it is one of those things where I think just like the recurring conversations with teachers who don't get it, we'll say like teachers who aren't really my, don't see the world the same way I see the world, I guess, is a good way to put it. But why are you like, choosing to listen to these thoughts and these people? Why are you now choosing, do you think, to think, oh, maybe I'll need a, a manager and maybe I'm not going to make enough money and maybe like, I won't be able to stay committed. Why are you choosing those thoughts to listen to them? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess I just, it's, I guess it is just as simple as not listening to them, which I well, think I have. have a, a possibility. 
I think a lot of the time when we listen to those thoughts and you tell me if this is right or wrong, it's because we think that they're going to help us stay safe. Mm -hmm. It's because we think if we listen, we'll somehow be more prepared or we'll somehow be more ready or we'll somehow be more safe. Mm -hmm. So your yeah. brain's like, this could go wrong and this could go wrong and this could go wrong. And you're like, okay, I'm listening. Okay. Oh yeah. They could all go wrong. Yeah, you're right. And you mm -hmm. think that that's going to help you, but it doesn't sound like it is helping you. Oh yeah. No, not at all. No. And it's true. It's almost like you like the way you acted it out just now it does it almost does kind of feel like that because because I'm the art teacher I have like these I have interactions with multiple teachers every day because I'll I'll see you know multiple classes in a day throughout the week and it does it feels exactly like that because it is it was like every conversation with every teacher was like just a very similar repetitive exchange um and so yeah I think that's that's probably is like a big part of it is just like having to kind of replay this same conversation like actually in real life with well, you don't have to have that conversation and it doesn't have to go that way mm -hmm. like what were the thoughts you were having when you made first made this decision a year two years ago that you were going to do this and you started preparing um I think I definitely just felt super motivated and like very why what was the thought that made you feel super motivated um I think for me it's one of those things where well for me so I have never because of all of this self-doubt I've never put my art first in my life like I've always had it's always been my extra thing like like even in college I actually had a scholarship for um the college of natural resources at my at my university and so even in that like it was like i was doing i i did get a degree in ceramics also but it was almost like i had to kill myself to like get this science degree but then i would also all of my extra credits i would just be doing art as well like and i just think that's so symbolic of how i've always done my life is like i've always like I've always had to have like a safety net and then, and then do art and have a, make sure my safety net's there and do art. And, and then what was something like, it's time for mm -hmm. art. Yeah, it was, stage. it was for me, it was like, I need to put this first and see what happens. Okay. Do you still believe that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And like, and that's something I've been thinking a lot about too, is that if, if worse comes to worse and like, and I can't, like a year goes by and I can't support myself on this, I can just get another, I can just get a job again, but I'll be really proud of myself for, I'll be really proud of myself for trying, for finally doing it. And like, finally taking that chance to focus on my art full time. For well, and it's not black and white, right? Like there is a lot of shades of gray between it making enough money to support you full time and you having to go back and get another teaching job like there's this whole spectrum it could make enough money to almost support you full-time and you could teach one afternoon a week or you could run an online class or it could make so much money that you buy like a mansion like the scale goes in different directions to just those two points yeah yeah that's a really good point because I hadn't really thought of it that way
when you thought I need to put this first and see what happens and we're talking about a year ago two years ago when you started to make this plan you said you were feeling really ready you were excited you were starting to do financial preparation what did you think probably would happen that's a good question um I guess honestly I mean I guess obviously when I made that plan I wasn't really doubting myself I think it's easy not to doubt yourself when it's far away (laughs) Like, that's what's happening where it's like, it's like, I am this far away from this. So I can absolutely make this happen in two years. And now it's like, I am here. And it's like, okay, so did I do it? Did I do everything right? Is this going to work? And what I want you to know is the thoughts that you had two years ago are just as available to you right Mm -hmm. now. You think that the, because it's nearer, that like, you have to think different thoughts and you have to start thinking all these like cautious safety thoughts but that that's entirely optional mm-hmm. yeah that's a good way to think about it and you don't have to feel the fear you can still think exactly as you were thinking two years ago and generate that confidence and excitement and motivation and I it sounds like that might serve you a lot better in starting this new kind of new wave in your business than going in with fear and doubt and kind of a sense of resignation that it's probably not going to work yeah yeah no that's a very very good point yeah isn't it it's it's just so funny how I don't know I think in a way I just I didn't I'm surprised just because I didn't expect this shift to kind of suddenly happen but um but yeah like it is kind of one of like it is a good it is a good reminder that it's temporary and it's a choice and I can just just as easily just choose not to play into those fears I guess I mean it takes practice it's like Mm -hmm. I would make a list get get back in your brain back to that time period and kind of write as if you were there and write like a journal entry on a page of paper of all the things you were thinking and feeling then and see if you can connect a little bit more to that now and it's just it's not about squashing those fears it's not about pushing them to the side it's not about getting rid of them you can't get rid of them but maybe just giving equal airtime to all the good reasons that you decided to take this leap and like all the ways it might go right yeah I love that that's a really good point to kind of proactively focus on the positive things that I'm excited about too And I wonder how it might be different if you showed up to those conversations with colleagues. I mean, today was your last day, did you say, or is your last day? No, I'll have one more day. Okay. One more chance. (laughs) What if you showed up to those conversations with absolute confidence that this was the absolute right choice for you? Yeah, and that's. I think that's a really good. That's a really good point. And I feel like I. I feel like I have been pretty good. But it is, it's almost like because of the recurring conversations and the recurring sense of other people doubting, it's like just chipped away at me a little bit over time. But, um, but that's a good point. I do feel, I know like deep down, I feel really good about it. And it, it is, it's almost like this surface noise that I'm kind of letting get to me. So you need to find a way to connect to that. This feels right. So mm-hmm. it's like the right choice. And to, to show up for yourself with that. I know you asked for like specific tips as well. And like, I, I mean, I definitely, 
went through my whole own set of drama. I carried my resignation letter around in my bag for like a week before I even handed it in because I was so frightened of taking that leap. Um, and something that a friend who's a psychotherapist said to me that I found really helpful was he was like, you know, even if you do this and you go and do it for like three years and then you decide to go back um, to speech therapy or to something else, he was like, that doesn't make it a failure. Like that's not how it works. Just you, you don't, just cause you choose something doesn't mean it has to be the thing you do for the rest of your life or else it's a failure. Like yeah, that's you can have three amazing years of running this shop and selling your ceramics and then decide on something new for yourself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's funny because I conditioned with that job for life, like. Yes, totally. And it's funny, I, it's interesting you say that because I, I have found that that's kind of a weird way for me to like quell the fear is like, it's like I kind of joke with people because I just turned 30 and I'll like joke with people and be like, well, my 30s is when I'm going to do pottery. My 40s is when I'm going to illustrate books. And my 50s is when I'm going to be a river guy. Right. And, it's like, and it goes after that. I mean, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it's just this funny, I don't know, like, it's funny to me how much it has helped me just to kind of have that mindset, how much it's helped me to be like, because I think there is, in a way, there is kind of all of this buildup where it's like, I have wanted to be an artist my whole life and now I'm going to try. And, and I think it's helped, it's really helpful for me because there's a lot of ego attached to that inherently it's like okay now I'm doing my the thing I've always wanted to do and so I think just to like have these these other like kind of joke kind of serious life goals is really helpful to to not be too attached to yeah whether or not this works that, that with any creative life there's ebb and flow and this change and mm -hmm. our focus changes and like I'm sure the ceramics you'll be making 10 years from now will be completely different to the things that you make right now because that's how creativity works, right? It continues to evolve. Yeah. Yeah, um, I also want to offer that you've always been an artist. You're not just about to become an artist. Yes, that is a good point. Thank you for correcting me on that because yes, I think that's a very important point too. You've got this. Like what... Could you think, what is a thought you could hold on to that would give you that feeling of excitement, confidence, connection? Um, I think for me, there is, I think for me, I'm honestly just really, I feel a lot of pride. Like I, I feel, because to get to this step, I really have done so much personal work like person like personal internal work of just like bringing like taking picking away at my own barriers and my own um kind of like conditionalized like things that I don't even know if that was a word <laughs> but, but like you know kind of my own things that people that have been conditioned into me from you know signals from society and and I think more than anything, kind of no matter what happens, I'm, I'm always going to be really proud of myself that I, that I put in this work. I think it has like really changed kind of how I show up in the world. Like, I think there's a lot to hold on to that I've already 
that I've already accomplished in a way. Yeah. Yeah, And um, it's connecting to what you've already achieved, even if else, even if, you you know, tomorrow when it's your first day as a self-employed person, um, like nothing changes. You've already come so far. I do want you to be careful though, because I think possibly there's a risk when you attach the the worth to the work you've done and how far you've come and how emotionally like prepared you are that when you then have these moments of fear and wobbles and the really natural kind of primitive brain kicking in to protect you that you might judge that mm-hmm. as like oh I thought I'd come so far or like I, I was so proud of all the work I'd done and now look it's all come back or now I'm not doing well and it might take that foundation away from you a little bit Maybe that doesn't resonate with you at all, but it it sounds like it could be a risk that in that moment you might not feel so proud of how far you'd come. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, to kind of detach from, I don't know, I'm I'm saying that right. But I I understand what you're saying, where it's kind of like you, like detaching from those external validators. Well, yeah, yeah. And so maybe the, the thought is like, I have done so much work already and I can carry on doing this work in future Mm -hmm. instead of like I'm so much more emotionally prepared than I was before because there'll be times when you feel like you are not emotionally prepared to even get out of bed Mm -hmm. and you don't want that to then like just spiral into everything falling apart yeah totally yeah I also really liked what you said about how it's like tomorrow I'm an un- I'm like officially a self-employed person. Yeah, but- you're not unemployed. <laughs> yeah, not unemployed. I heard, I heard that un. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, exactly. No, it's like I'm officially self-employed, but I'm the same. Out like tomorrow, I will be the same person I am today. I think that was really helpful to hear that. Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point, and it's a good way to think about it. It's not like there's going to be this huge sudden change that I experience tomorrow. No, and it probably won't be like the best day in your business. The first day in your business, like prepare yourself for that. It's probably not going to be like the ultimate business day. You'll yeah, probably have a lot of thoughts to work through. You'll probably have a lot of feelings to deal with. You'll probably feel overwhelmed. And mm-hmm. that's all completely normal and natural. The first day of my self-employment, I went on Twitter and I tweeted that it was my first day and I got the most amazing like verbal hug from the Twitter community and everyone told me, I would never look back and this was going to be like the first day of the rest of my life and I would become unemployable because I was going to love working for myself so much and it all came true. So I'm going to offer all of those thoughts to you as well. I didn't believe them that day but they were all absolutely right. Oh that's awesome. Thanks so much Sarah. Thank you and good luck. I'm so honestly so excited for you. This genuinely is like the most exciting moment and it is such a shame that like our brains get in the way of us enjoying it at the time because if you could look back five years from now once you know that this all ends really well you would love to relive this moment with all of the joy and all of the excitement and all of the safe knowledge that you are capable of everything that this new venture is going to throw at you and all of that's available to you if you want it right now oh thank you so much Sarah Okay, so that was coaching call number one from that session. And I'm going to jump straight in now to another one of our participants, this time being coached by Sally. How lovely to meet you. 
and you too. <laughs> would you like to give everybody an idea of what it is that you would like coaching on today? So I have a new Instagram account that is um, purely set up to support a business that I'm launching in a couple of months. Uh, it's a product-based business. Yeah, I have a real mental block about selling on it. Um, Do you know why? I think in part, some of it comes from, I come from um, like the influencer industry and it, it can be a bit grubby. And I, I think what it's does grubby I, mean? Everything's been, everything's a sales pitch. Everything's a sales pitch. And I just have such a fear of becoming that way. I also think that I'm perhaps too emotionally involved with it because I feel such a responsibility to not let it down, which is a madness. Not to not let the brand down. Then? The brand. Okay. Could it be that that's tied in with a, I don't want the brand to be grubby? Yeah, is possibly, that like, yeah. 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 So how's about you, you just don't be grubby? Yeah. What do I, it's hard for me to explain what I mean. It just feels that, like, if you were to look at my Instagram, I don't, I don't have anything on it product-wise. And I didn't realise that until Sarah pointed it out to me. I have nothing on it product-wise. And even when my husband looked at it, he said, I would think that you were selling flowers, you know, or talking about flowers. Um, and Are you true. selling flowers? No. <laughs> okay. No. Just, I just thought I'd check. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's a very heart, heart-led brand, and I'm just so fearful of not doing right by it. It's really hard for me to okay. explain. Sound crazy. So there are two, when people say that they're a heart-led brand, or when they're authentic, if we take Sarah as an example, there is a, sorry, Sarah, I'm pulling you into this one. There is a, I think there's a sort of common thought error that happens, which means if people don't want it, it's my heart they don't want. Yeah, yeah. And actually a heart-led brand, as far as I would define it, and stop me if this doesn't chime with you, is something that is built on the values of the heart that created it. A million percent. Right. So let's say you want to sell talcum powder. I don't know why that came to mind. Talcum powder. And your values are, name your values. What Do you, do you know what your values are? Uh, yeah, so uh, the brand is all about supporting charities. Um, it's eco-friendly, it's vegan. Um, it's about creating rituals to help mental well-being. Okay. So you, your values for the company product are charity, sustainability, environmentalism, and mental health awareness. Mm -hmm. What about your values? What, what do you mean? Sorry. So that's your business values. What about your values? Are they Are not they the my same? values? Yeah. Oh, well, no, they may well be. No, that was a curious oh. question, not not a, a oh. <laughs> your eyes type question. Yeah, no, they are the same. So you're, you're, okay. So let's say you're selling talcum powder and you believe in charities and sustainabilities and environmentalism and uh, mental health awareness. And you believe in your product. 
wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and someone doesn't buy your talcum powder so what um i think i'd be okay with that um why would you be okay with it for the talcum powder but not for your product i understand i'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea totally but i think that the responsibility i feel towards it sort of creates almost a fear almost a stage fright of of diving in responsibility Um, to the product or to your business or to your values to my values i think okay but your values are your values regardless of whether you start this company or not Mm. you're just using the company as a vehicle yeah to help yeah to help yeah what is your product uh so it's basically things that create create rituals in the home to help people it was all created from a really traumatic experience that went on in our family um and so it's for uh, so it's aromatherapy based um, home fragrance um bath um products uh, all, all sorts of things let me ask you a question do you think that people should buy your product yes okay well right I think everybody should have something that facilitates them being able to find some peace whatever that is right and it kind of should be yours well yeah mine as much as anyone else's (laughs) and if they don't buy it then what well then I hope they find something else that gives them that but you feel emotionally charged to a not purchase. Um, what, in rejection? Do you mean that sort of? Well, what I'm trying to get, because so there's the grubby, but you believe in your product mm-hmm. and you believe it can benefit people. So I'm trying to fit together where grubby comes with that because you're, you have a product that is based on your values that you feel will genuinely benefit somebody's life. Yes. I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's mad. so. Really, what you're doing is a service. Yeah, that they can give you money for. Yeah, yeah, you've made that sound far simpler. <laughs> well, brains do like to overcomplicate things. That's true. Oh God, mine does. But you have okay. a load of experience of grubby selling. That doesn't mean that's the only experience. If you take Sarah again as an example. Was your experience of purchasing this class, the Instra Retreat, grubby? No. Okay, so you've got at least one role model from a heart-led business, a value-based business that is not grubby. That's true. That's true. Do you feel that Sarah believes that her product adds value to your life? Yep. Do you believe that her product does add value to your life. A million percent, yeah. Would you, if she said, like a week into the class, I'm taking away all of the content, all of the material, you're not getting any of it. No, I've, I've changed my mind. I don't, um, I don't want to do this anymore. It's, I'm not going to do this anymore. I would so come and kidnap her, buddy. Right. Oh, 
I mean, know your audience on that one. That might not be the right moment. <laughs> she knows I love her, Budgie. <laughs> he loves so, you too. Don't worry. He's hiding now. He's like, oh. You can see where I'm going with this. Like, you wanted to buy something from a company. They believed in their product so much. You could see the authenticity there. They believed, Sarah group company they believed in the value that they were providing you believed in the value that they were providing a transaction happened sarah's better off because she's got your moolah you're better off because you have this incredible class that over delivers like just <laughs> like flat out more than any other group that i have seen the over delivery is insane do you think sarah feels grubby no, she shouldn't. No. Can I ask you, Sarah, do you feel grubby? I do not. I showered just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so while you've got one role model for a company that sells in a way that isn't grubby, you will be able to find a lot of others. Mm. But while your brain is telling you, which is what I'm circling back to, that a not purchase as a personal rejection or as a rejection of the values, if your brain is seeing that, it's not going to want you to put things out there. Yes. Yeah, I see that. Because if it if it if it's not successful, you put products out there, people are going to think you're grubby. People are, you know, it's throwing these things at you. So what's the flip side of that if you do put stuff out there? If you do put products on your page? Um products that you believe in that are value-based that add quality to somebody's life based on the fact that you've gone through a traumatic experience and you found benefit well I would yeah they they could purchase and it make a small difference in their life but while you're not putting them on your page that's not possible no that value that you so want to give isn't there for anybody to receive yeah yeah you're right you're right yeah it's crazy I'm in my own way aren't I totally <laughs> yeah but and I did just want to come quickly back to this when you mentioned that this was born out of a traumatic experience little flags went up for me only because Two things. One, we can become evangelical about some, a product that we used or a something that we went through that helped us. And we can become kind of a bit, um, we, we can overinvest in it because of how it helped us in our life. That is not a negative thing. Yeah. That is just something that can happen. But when that happens, the eggs that we have in that basket are linked to trauma. So if you don't want this, then this thing that helped me when I was going through this traumatic experience is invalidated. So it's like there's a, like there's a link between a product that you're selling all the way back into trauma. If that's something that you've done work on and you're clean mm -hmm. about, you're like, you know what, I've processed this. I have received... Um, help from other people or within family or within I've done my own work on this 
absolutely fine. But I just wanted to kind of bracket that this happened and I used these products or found that this was really helpful as a lived experience with immense value and also put like a line between that and your product, Instagram sales or no sales and put a bracket around that as data. Yeah. I've created something and it may sell and it may not sell. Strategy. You know, how can I look at this like a scientist? How can yeah. I have a long-term view of it? Like a, like a forester who knows that it takes time for these things maybe to, to root or, you know, one tree is not. Well, this the is the crazy thing. thing. This is the crazy thing. Until three years ago, I had a very, very successful business that I'd built over 19 years from the ground up. So I do not know why I've got this block with this. I sold that. I'm out of that. Tell me why you think you've got this block with this. I think I'm scared of it failing because my other thing didn't. I think that people would think, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know is a block for the brain. What if you did know? Yeah, maybe I need to sit and think about it. Hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm dealing with the trauma anymore. That's I've put that yeah. to bed. Yeah, okay. 100%. I hope you don't mind me bringing that up, but I just No, 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 no. Oh, Christ, no, I'm an open book, me. No. <laughs> but it was interesting, though, when we were talking about the value and your belief in this product and the value that it can give to the world, you're withholding that right now. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I didn't think of it that way, but you're right. Yeah. What would you like to do with your Instagram account? I would like to get out my own way and stop being a mentalist and just get on with it. A mentalist? Yeah. What's the definition of a mentalist? <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, I would like to just stop overthinking it, maybe. Do you have everything ready to go? Um, I'm just waiting for printing and branding. Okay, so you can make a decision here now in front of everybody. Set a date, the date that you're going to put a product on your page. Mm. And you can have your own back and keep your word. Yeah. You don't have to do that. Well, I've got but to do it sounds now. like you'd like to. It sounds like you'd like to. Oh, okay, next week, I'll put something up. With so a product? Which day? Oh. Uh -huh. Date and time. Oh, God. Pressure. Get down. I'm writing it down too. We're all writing Tuesday. it down. Like everyone that's here. Is like... <laughs> Tuesday. Tuesday. Is it morning or afternoon or evening? Morning's our post. More Tuesday okay, morning. By midday. By midday? By midday. There'll be yeah, a post midday. in the Facebook group from you saying, here, I did it. Yeah, with the link right. to your product. Yeah. And if not... Um, I'm going to steal your budgie. I don't know. I don't know what the equivalent is. <laughs> I've got a miniature schnauzer. There is lots to think about, but your decision yeah. is made. You want to do this. You see the value in it. You're not attached to whether people buy it or don't buy it. Although you think that it will add value. So you want them to, and also it's your business. So you want them to, these are all perfectly logical trains of thought. Yeah. 
the only thing that was getting in the way was your belief that something was getting in the way. Yes. You've made a decision now. I've made a decision. Yeah. And now you keep your word to yourself. Okay. And importantly, you have your own back. So regardless of what happens with that post, be it wildly successful or nobody looks at it at all, whatever your metrics of success are, which also I would recommend you having, what are my metrics of success? What do I class as success and not just financial? What do I class as success in my life, in my relationships? You know, what do I class as success in all of these different areas? So regardless of how that post does, it's a great product that I believe in. Yeah. And I love me. Totally separate things. It's a great product that I believe in. And I love me. I love me always. I love me when I fall flat on my face. I love me when I, what was the word you used? When I'm, you, you when you're. When I'm being a mentalist. <laughs> I love me then. I love me when I forget things. I love me when I don't understand stuff. I love me when I do understand stuff. I love me when I have a very successful company that I built for 19 years. I love me then. And I love me now starting something new. Always love me. The rest is all outside. Okay. I feel like I've been a bit bossy. I like it. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. So welcome. So welcome. Show notes for this episode are fairly scant, but I will put them up at meanola.co.uk forward slash podcast 103. And I'll make sure I include a link to the Insta Retreat in there. And it should pop up in your podcast app on your phone if you're listening that way. Just in case you wanted to check out how you could become a member of the Institute and have lifetime access to these calls. So not only do you get to participate in them during this first round that you would be enrolling for right now, but all the future classes, all the future lives, all the future bonus calls, all the future coaching is open to you as a lifetime member of the Institute for that one-time investment. I hope you have an awesome rest of your week. Now we'll be back with our usual format of interview with someone fabulous very shortly. Lots of love.